Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to another episode of the HB Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and with me, the beautiful boys, Phil Hey-o. and Ben. Greetings. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Well. Fantastic. fantastic. That's good to hear. Yeah. We're ready. This is going to be, I, could we say this podcast is going to be bitching? I would hope so. Is that all perfectly legal? Well, who would, who would prosecute us mm, for the illegality? George W. Bush. Wow. <laughs> He's coming in. He does not like the word bitching. W. So I feel like he does. I feel like that is, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty bitching. Yeah, I feel like he, he looks at Michelle Obama when they're sitting there. It's <laughs> pretty bitching. Yeah, I, I feel like George W. Bush would definitely use the word bitching. Yeah, probably. For Most sure. likely. Yeah. Among other things, this cocaine's bitching. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know you guys already said good, but what specifically is going on with you guys? I want to see this is the thing. Some people oh, straight to business, right. straight to talking about stuff. But. In this podcast, we care about each other. Yeah. So that's what we're getting into. And if you don't like it, turn the fucking show off. <laughs> <laughs> and for the two of you still listening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I guess I don't really have anything. Like, there's nothing good in my life right now. Oh, it, Like, that's exceptionally good. It's just that, as a matter of fact, I have a lot of bad things, like stressful things happening. Uh-huh. But... All in all, like, what do I got to complain about, right? I got a roof over my head. Yeah. I got I got food on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I got friends, family. Mm-hmm. What can mm-hmm. I complain about? There's a lot of things I could complain about. I'm working more than I've I think I've ever worked in my entire life th- this week, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. I feel you, yeah, yeah. I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, I was thinking about, and I'm gonna jump ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a part of my shout out in dreams, even okay. though you didn't ask yet. But my shout out today was to uh, just to friends. I think just to friends. Um, we spend a lot of time online with talking to people we don't know. We don't know that it's really nice. Like I, before I came here, I had drinks and dinner with an old friend and then sitting here with you boys. Like, it's just, it's nice to, to have friends to hang out with and spend time with and, and, um, just kind of forget like today wasn't a great day for the first part of the day. But then, like I said, I got to see, see an old friend and see you guys and the day turns around really fast when you spend it with good people. This is usually one of the highlights of my week. Yeah. yeah. Mostly because it's like the least stressful part of my week. Right. (laughs) You know, it's surprising to me, but this is very common that people our age don't have close friends. Yeah. Usually. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah. If they do have close friends, there's not very many. Yeah. And then sometimes they don't have close friends that they trust at all. It's heartbreaking. And that's uh, it's that's, terrible. That's not good. No, you know? it's not good. So it's not good it's at important. all. Important. Yeah. And if you don't have any close friends, you know, just you got to open up to people. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Yes. To make friends. Be honest. Yeah, it's yourself. the only way to make friends. Like, oh, yeah. Just well, pretending to be something you're not and just, I don't know. There's a lot of things I need to tell you guys then because I've been lying to you for five years. Sure. Wow. I've known you. Yeah. <laughs> you said we've only had sex twice, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> What's the wait, real number? Wait, I don't understand. <laughs> What's How the real number? <laughs> All right, Cosby. All right. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> this is the HP Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast on handsomephantom.com, Handsome Phantom's website, where we talk about video games, mostly. Do I don't know. I don't know if I should be grossed out or enjoying the conversation. I, I, either all of this, I've either gone Brandon, full Brandon, and we're going to have to cut out this whole opening, or uh, people are going to laugh, and it'll be whatever. I feel like, I mean, I already told the audience that if they don't like what we're talking about, they can <laughs> turn true. the show That's off, true. so... So we've already nothing but love, nothing but love, right? So let's talk about dreams and a shout out. Nice, Phil. You already went with 
I went with a shout out. Shout out. So why don't you finish it off with a with a dream? Finish with a dream. Um, okay, let's let's talk about dreams. Let's talk about dreams. So I've been and Ben called me out on it earlier before we started recording. I've been a little hard on Star Wars lately, um, but D twenty three is always a good time for Disney fans, and I think that it rejuvenated my love a little bit. I'm I'm excited, cautiously optimistic, but I'm I'm dreaming of Episode nine really just finishing strong mm. and uh, completing. Probably you know a thirty-six year chapter in my life, and uh, on a high note. So that's it's kind of what I'm dreaming of. I think the Mandalorian helps, and I think a lot of the stuff they showed really, really has Star Wars kind of back on my radar, which it uh, really hasn't been for the past couple of years. Are you thirty-six I, years old? I'm thirty-six as oh. of last week. Yeah. I didn't know that. Two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. And then you were, I knew you were in the mid thirties, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like. In the mid-30s now. This is, like, unrelated to some extent, but have I ever told you, I think I have, that you look like Jeff Jeff Gerstmann to me when I look at you sometimes. I think you say that, but I don't know who that is every time. Oh, wait, I do know. <laughs> like, you've showed me, but and then I forget. Um, yes, you have I told me that. I think Phil is a more stylish-looking Jeff Gerstmann. I think... I think Jeff Gerstmann. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Gerstmann doesn't want to be stylish, and Phil right. doesn't give off the vibe he wants to be stylish. I <laughs> mean, Phil just has, like, his hair is good. right. Fine. And Jeff Gerstmann's hair just looks like a middle-aged dude hair. I wear suits all day, so after work, I just don't really care. I'm yeah. just like, this, this is what I'm wearing today. It sucks being an adult, though, because especially like when, and you probably get this too, being the mayor and, and, and owning your own businesses and things, but when you're in like a leadership role, you you go places and there's, you know, they're not expecting you to wear like a Marvel t-shirt or I don't know, like you show up to events and things like Dude, that. Dude, I can't hardly wear a hat. I used to I, wear hats all the time. Yeah. I wear a hat now. People are like, oh, yeah. getting, getting uh, laid back. And right. I'm like, what do you, it's a hat. It's terrible. Especially when I go to work functions now, like when I, before I got promoted and stuff, I could just wear like a t-shirt. Now I just, I don't know what to wear as an adult. I just, I just want to wear my normal kids clothes and yeah, I guess it's not appropriate these days to, to dress like a child. So nope. here we are. Here and me in the second yeah. shirt and uh, gym shorts. Yeah, which is really confusing me because my I gave that shirt to my wife to like wear around the house, so she wears right. it to bed. So a lot of times I snuggle with her in that shirt. Mm. So I'm feeling like I want to come over for a for a cuddle. Phil, I'm available. We don't have any problem with homosexuals, but the fact that none of us are and we know you aren't, it's kind of weird me out that this is the second reference you've made. To Just real happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> <tonight>. <laughs> to fuck me. Just real happy <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so real happy. Yeah. So. Dreaming of Star Wars? Star Wars. I think, Phil, I think that we can trust JJ to not make something like it won't. It's not going to be bad. Right. At the very worst, it'll be. Here's my concern with JJ. JJ's real good at setting things up. Mm. We've never really seen him close a lot, Mm. if anything. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited, though. Uh, He's. It's not the bar is set pretty low. Right oh, it's now. real low. It's real so, low. Can't get any lower. This is the lowest I felt about Star Wars my whole life, which wow. is terrible because it's like my favorite thing. Benji, what are you dreaming of? Uh, this week I'm dreaming of a good old fashioned sitcom. Oh, you ever notice? I just want a new one. I want a good old fashioned sitcom. I mean, go Big back. Bang Theory. <laughs> no, <laughs> a good old fashioned sitcom is not Big Bang Theory. What now, is a sitcom with, though? With that said, I mean, okay, it is a sitcom, but I'm talking like the days of Seinfeld or King of Queens or mm. you know stuff like that, mm. where I don't know, it's like really entertaining and stupid and has almost no weight to it, but it's enjoyable. And that rolls into my shout out. My shout out is actually to Frasier. Whoa. Because oh, that's a good. I had only ever watched like episodes here and there of Frasier in the past uh, while it was like on because I was a kid when, when especially when Frasier started. Uh, but my wife and I have been watching Frasier and it's just like I'm more emotionally invested in a stupid 90s sitcom than I should be. Uh, or maybe not that I should be, but than I've ever been before. And it's just it's been great. But my dream is of having I would like to find a sitcom that I haven't seen before that I can just like other than after I'm done with Frasier, just kind of like enjoy it. Not have to think too much. I don't want to get into Game of Thrones type discussions over it. You know, like I don't want to have to, th- I think a lot throughout every day and I have a lot of responsibility and I just kind of want to watch something that's funny and enjoyable. I'm late to the party, but we just started Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Have you done that yet? I've seen all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. Okay. And I would say it's an enjoyable sitcom, but 
Is it a sitcom? I don't know if it's a sitcom. Yeah, I don't know if it's a sitcom, actually. uh, I think sitcom is situational comedy, right? Right, right. But that doesn't mean all shows that are situational comedies are what I'm talking about with with sitcoms. I'm talking about like... Looking for something like a Frasier type thing? Yeah, I mean, something that's just like impactful and funny, but also mindless at the same time. Rules of engagement. A show that you can watch... Yeah, no. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Like, it it can't be too, too corny for me. Um, No, it's corny. But, like, I like shows. I like old sitcoms and, and I guess, new sitcoms if they, you know, if they're good, that, like, are funny and you could really sink into them, but also, like, you could very easily play a game at the same time you're watching them. You set the bar pretty high with Frasier, though. And not have to, like, pay attention to it to understand what's going on. Right. Have you watched Scrubs? Yeah. Okay. Good. Like four times. Good. Yeah, me too. I think I watch it like times? every three years. Only I watched Scrubs times. when it was on. Yes. For the most part, and then I might have come in a little late on on Scrubs, but then I've watched it multiple times since then. So, I haven't watched it in probably a good five years, though. Here's the thing yeah, about me either actually sitcoms, though. Uh-huh. I'm not saying this is a problem with me. Not a problem necessarily with sitcoms. I just don't like the laugh track. Is it a laugh track or is it real laughter? Either way, I don't like it. Hmm. I feel like there's an uh, an implication <laughs> yeah. of like, hey, you should laugh here. I can't say no. Because sometimes there's laughing when something funny hasn't happened. Is there? I feel like it, it is. I don't know. There's something about hmm. laugh track that's always bothered me. So it made me not want to watch sitcoms like that. We're going to dive in here a little bit into this conversation. That's fine. Because why not? It's our show. I love it. Um, I've always been a little confused about how live studio audiences and laugh tracks and stuff work because you have shows like go back to back in the day to home improvement. Right. We're going back to uh, Tim Allen. You got, they literally had a live studio audience where they would record the show in front of them. And I'm sure those people sat there all day, like the, in, on the show inside of a show tool time, the audience for tool time was actually the live studio audience mm-hmm. that was there. So, you know they're not getting everything right in one take. So yeah. are they, are people being, f- like, they, they genuinely laugh, like, the first, second, maybe even third time they see it. But if they have to do, like, five takes, are they still laughing the same way? Yeah. Do they record them and then put that over? I think they hold up the signs and tell them what they're supposed to be doing. And so if that sign says laugh, you laugh. Yeah, but there are also, I mean, there are times when you definitely can tell that it's like, there's there's at least one person really laughing out there. Yeah, that's true. I've been on, I was, I was at the Tonight Show with Jay Leno and they definitely had like an applause sign. Right. And so I know that like that kind of thing exists, but like laughter is something that you can't just manufacture easily. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, you're mentioning you're like, is it real laughter? Shows like Seinfeld are not studio audience. So Yeah. They are? Some of it was. Some of it when Jerry's doing his like stand up parts. No, like in, in his apartment. The apartment stuff has a live audience? That was my understanding oh. from behind the scenes on the I, I on think the it's all live audience. on the coffee table coffee book yeah. uh, edition of the show that I have. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, some of them have to be fake though. It's not a real live studio uh, audience. I like, think I think I saw, and I could be totally wrong here, but I think I saw for like inst- for instance the Big Bang Theory, which by the way, if you've never seen like the clips of Big Bang Theory without an audience, it's just kind of sad, or without yeah. a laugh track, it's just kind of sad. But I think that the Big Bang Theory, I saw someone say that they record it, they present the final product to a room full of people. And this could be totally wrong, but they present the final product to a room of people, record their reactions, mm. laughing at it in a group, and then put that over top of that it. Which sense. that, I I don't like that. Yeah. But like, it's a there, way to do it. there are definitely shows. And you had that a lot more in the 90s and 80s where they would like at the beginning of the show, like such and such is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. And... Are those people genuinely laughing all the time? Hmm. That's a good question. If anyone out there, one, has recommendations for good sitcoms for me, and don't you give me any of this, like, mid-2000s crap that was garbage, but if anybody has any recommendations, drop them in the Discord. And two, if anybody has ever been in a live studio audience for a sitcom taping, let me know how that went. Let us know. So, my dream. I'm going to start with my shout-out. I'm going to give a shout-out again. Well, can I give myself a shout out, or is that just really lame? No, you do that don't last do week. That. Actually, you let me change you gave it. A shout out. No, that was like someone tried to do the self shout out at one point. 
and I think I made fun of them, so I will not do the self shout out. I gave a self shout out that wasn't actually a self shout out one time. So I'm going to give a shout out That's to our review coverage and content around control because part of it was me, part of it was our friend Sean. We got two videos out, written review, and we're working on a spoiler cast. I don't want to say 100% confirmation. We're working out the details, but that hopefully will be coming soon. So shout out to all the content. And for me, what I'm dreaming of is Phil's going to love this. I'm dreaming about playing more Destiny 2. Oh, boy. So oh here's boy. the thing about to, uh, that is cool about Destiny 2 right now. It's so much better than when it launched. There's so many things you can do. There's always things to do. So like last night when I was playing, I was focusing on the new Black Armory content, which is basically like you can get some really awesome guns by doing these different quests and things like that. And there's this mode where you have to forge the weapons, which is like you fight waves of enemies and they drop these batteries that you have to throw into the forge. It's really cool. So I've been really enjoying now that there's this breadth of content and things to do. Just uh, Mm -hmm. diving in and seeing all it has to offer. I would really like to dive in with you. I just, I don't want to pay full price or even upwards of $30 for it. I have a feeling that when Shadowkeep comes out, right. that uh, uh, whatever, Forsaken will probably be cheaper, I would assume. I'm sure it is, but I'm worried that nobody's, like, you're not going to be playing it by then. I'm definitely going to be playing Shadowkeep, so that'll be the problem, Yeah, is that I'll be playing the, the new stuff most likely. Right. So if anybody out there, here's another thing, if anybody out there knows of any uh, cheap PC codes, you know... I'm just looking for anyone who will play with me on PC, period, because I don't know anybody. So I was thinking about trying to do like the looking for group type stuff. Right. But there's a lot of cool raid content that I haven't even done yet. There's a thing I did last night called the Menagerie, which gave me a cool sniper rifle. I've done that. The Menagerie. Yeah. What does Menagerie mean? That's not what you think it is, Phil. It's sex with two people. (laughs) Oh. You mean three. Well, three, if you're the third, yeah, like yeah. you and two other people. Is that what you're talking about? I haven't, it's that a thing on Destiny, though. It's a thing on Destiny. <laughs> I haven't yeah. done that. I haven't played that. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore on this podcast. <laughs> I thought we were talking about three ways. Phil, I have a question for you. Has yeah. Dustin ever used his shout-out for one of your reviews? <laughs> never. Never. Well, I've I've I had one. Weird. I've shouted out other people's content. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, it's so rare. It's, about? it's so rare when his content comes out that we have to make no, sure. That, that, uh, your, oh, your official so shout out. The content that I your work official on shout out. out. Your official shout out, I mean. What are we talking about? I was trying to get us away from your part of the conversation. <laughs> so. oh, I don't even know what's happening right now. Man, I shouldn't drink before we do these podcasts. Phil just figured out how to capture footage from his PS4. It's fantastic. <laughs> I got five minutes of rad that you'll never see. I don't know why you captured that. I, that, that I know we talked about it. it, but I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, Phil, you think the content I come out comes out rarely? <laughs> when I'm joking. Yeah. Is that what yeah. you think? <laughs> What's that? Is that what you think? Is that what I think? Just I th- tell me what you think, Phil. I think that you had a controlled demo or something come out today. Was it was, that, a, that it was, was a demo review yesterday. The demo, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Dustin somehow got into the, the uh, developer's uh, workspace and <laughs> put out a demo. demo. <laughs> Listen. Mm-hmm. The jokes, I just, I don't write the jokes. They just write themselves. I just uh, mm-hmm. say whatever pops into my head. Right, it's well, not always, we'll let the audience it's not always appropriate. It's not always appropriate. Are you guys ready to get into some news? Phil reviewed 48 games last year. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. But I just learned how to capture footage this year. So <laughs> that's true too. That's not good. I'm ready to talk about some news. Batman, Arkham Asylum. This is 10 years old, mm-hmm. just had its 10th anniversary. So I just want to take a minute to talk about this game because I think it's a pretty, it was a pretty important release for last generation. Um, important. It kind of introduced Rocksteady as a premier studio, kind of showed us about what a licensed game could be. Not that we mm-hmm. never had good licensed games before that, but well, it was a new, a new caliber. Yeah. So I just want to see what you guys think of like, you consider that a license? I guess it's a license. It's a license game, game for, for sure. Game. License yeah. property. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Everything that's not original is licensed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Mm. Fun game. I hope. I'm. 
hope they make a Superman game someday. It's kind of what I'm hoping for. I've never cared about Batman as a character personally. Mm. Um, but I thought the game was a lot of fun. I played the first one. I didn't. Do you think the reason you've never cared about Batman very much is because you're wrong? <laughs> is that a possibility? <laughs> like most things in my life, I am probably wrong. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I All tend right. to be wrong about a lot of I things. I just wanted to see if that was the reason. Maybe. Yeah. No, I just, uh, I've always been more of a Superman guy, but I think the games were great. Um, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I'll the combat's incredible. I think the combat was revolutionary for 10 years ago. I think so, too. I was going to say that if, if Arkham Asylum came out today, I think it would be a decent game, but I don't know if it would have the same impact that it had then. Because you're right, it was definitely like... Yeah. But... Revolutionary. Maybe it would, because without it, maybe other games don't do what it did. Well, that's true. It's possible. Um, yeah. It was almost like... I feel like it's almost a hack and slash, but with fighting... It definitely spawned a lot of imitators right, afterwards yeah. Um, yeah. with games kind of copying that like you can punch a lot like like you said in like what uh, would you, you say it was just a second ago? Hack and slash. Hack and slash. You, you can like punch, 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 but then you do the dodge button when you see that symbol pop up. Yeah. Above someone's I mean, head. there are certainly parts of that game where you can not even look at the screen and just move your directional stick around and hit X or whatever you know, system you're playing on and you'll kill all the bad guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't say kill. You'll knock them out like Batman does. Right. But Batman needs to start killing people. There's definitely some more strategic parts of it too. Yeah. In the darker universes, Batman does kill people. Mm. Yes. What do we think about this game in the context of the trilogy or the four games, we should say, mm-hmm. often mistakenly call it a trilogy, including okay. by me right now. Right. Origins being the fourth one. Is that uh, technically Origins is the third, third one of four. And then, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you mean? What do you think of it in the context? Just like, how does it rank compared to the other ones? I think City is considered the best one, right? Isn't that the, the one? that I haven't played City. I've only played Asylum. I think people argue between Asylum and City. Okay. For the most I, part. Asylum was very good, um, which if, if City is better than I was going to say, that's set up, you know, whatever yeah. was to come. But... Um, I don't know much about the the four games as a whole, though. I've played parts. Definitely, I've played most, or I've played all of the first two, and all of, or and part of all of them. Uh, and I would say that even if, and I'm not going to make the statement that it is, even if another game is better than Asylum, there's nothing like your first love. Mm. You know, you got that puppy. You know, you kind of always look fondly back on your like first first girlfriend, right? Even if uh. even. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it make it work here, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, there, like Arkham Asylum is like every other game you're com- constantly comparing to Arkham Asylum for better or for worse. And so like even though some of them had co- cooler mechanics or better better you know story, I think that like there's something about Arkham Asylum that won't ever leave. That's the one I have the most memories of, even though I put more time, I think, into the second one. Which one was not made by Rocksteady? Origins. Origins. Okay. Yeah. Is that the one that was real clunky on PC when it came out? It was basically no, broken. that was the Rocksteady. Oh, was it? The, the final, yeah, Arkham Knight. Okay. Yeah, was terrible on PC. Hmm. And now you got me wanting to play Arkham Asylum again. I know, me too. I still have it on Pining Xbox. Pining for my youth. Yeah. Well, not really youth there, but. I rushed yeah. through Asylum because I wanted to play City mm-hmm. and I hadn't caught up. And now I feel like after I was done, I was like, man, I should have spent more time with Asylum because. I think I like the smaller setting yeah. better. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. think so, too. I think it's better for Batman. Yeah. Spider-Man's, of course, better for the open world, but I think, yeah, Asylum was perfect for Batman. Although, what was what was the name of the second game? I can't say uh, it. Arkham City? Yeah. City was cool because you still felt like you were constrained a little bit. Yeah. But it was definitely, like, <laughs> way more open, obviously, than the Asylum. Mm-hmm. And... The thing that was cool about the asylum that you didn't have with City is that, like, you had to find your way around the building. Mm. And if you went the wrong way, you were out of luck. You know, you had to backtrack. Mm. Where with Arkham City, kind of just anywhere you went, there was something to do. Right. And, like, there's something about, like, that, that puzzle mechanic that even though I don't go looking for it, you always want in a game. Right. That Asylum had that City didn't have. I remember 
There were too many. There were too many Riddler trophies in. The I was city. thinking about the Riddler. Yeah. You're right. In in Asylum, there was too many. I, I just don't, least, I don't like at them at least all. You knew they were within like this True. building you're in. I just that Even was the, the thing that started huge. to frustrate me was the Riddler trophies. Yes. Yeah. If I could do away with anything in those games, I'd get rid of that. Yeah. I'm not really big on collectathons. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, Arkham Knight, I think, ultimately. I think it's a great game. I think it's ultimately like no one brings up Arkham Knight without talking about the Batmobile. Right. Being uh, kind of a, a big problem. Right. In mm-hmm. that game, specifically the Bat Tank. Yeah. So. But I still didn't hate it. Is I hated it, the Bat Tank. Yeah. Is it I fixed thought, now? Like, have they fixed it? Is it it was no, just. No, it's just a bad mechanic. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. And there was like whole long sections where it exclusively done in the tank. Gotcha. It's like, I don't want to be in the tank. I want to be Batman. Right. You know? Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's no fun. But I still want that Superman game though from them. Yeah, I wonder what do you guys think? I mean, a lot of people say that they they're probably working on another DC property or something, but I don't know if there's any reason we have to believe that, other than just people want that. They want it, and speculation. Just that's what they've done, I guess, for yeah. so long. I, right. I and would they, imagine that like having that license is too valuable to not use it. Right. If they still have it. I don't know what the terms were, of course. But. I need to take a whole Justice League game. That'd be fun. Oh, I, just, he, I feel I, like in the, in the Justice League game like that, there wouldn't be enough of one character to make it worthwhile for me. I think that's the problem with the Avengers game. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still it's just know like what that game is right. <laughs> the more they show, the more confused I am about it. Right. Which doesn't good. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just I want to talk about that trilogy because I thought it was uh, it's nice to look back. Ten years ago, yeah, that's crazy. What were we doing ten years ago? Mm, ten years ago, I was playing Arkham Asylum. I was in college. I was was in college. I was fifteen. I was uh, in the middle of a first marriage, uh, just sitting at home playing that, working in fast food. What a terrible life. When you guys play these games from from your past, does it does it take you back? Yeah. To that time in your life, yeah. good or bad? Some some big ones especially. And I'll tell you one that really does is Dead Island. When I played Dead mm. Island, I was uh, not in a great point in my life. And, like, I still can think about, like, I, I don't know. I was living in a place that I didn't live long. My dad was living there, and then he moved out, and I moved in when he moved out. And it was a whole thing. But I was not there long. But I put my TV in the attic, and I would just go in the attic, and it was really dark and fall and, you know, very gray. And I would just sit up there and drink beer and play Dead Island and – um a lot of memories come back whenever I pop that game back in. For me, yes, it does. The games do take me back to certain things. And anything audio also takes me back to certain things. For sure. But I have two examples. One was a recent example. I f- actually forget the game I was playing. Um, maybe it was Apex Legends. I don't know. But I was listening to a podcast while I was playing it. And the next time I was playing it, I was not listening to that podcast and I hit a certain point in the in the the match or the game or whatever I was playing and instantly I started thinking about the conversation that was happening on that podcast when I was at that point the last time I played mm. it. That was very weird. But the other thing is when I was a kid, so probably like nine, ten years old, I was playing Crash Bandicoot on the on the PS1, maybe maybe younger than that, eight or nine, I don't know. And my sister had done something, she was four years younger than me, had done something <laughs> wrong at school. And my parents were like having a discussion with her in the same room I was in playing about what she had done wrong, you know, because the teacher had sent home a note or something. And I remember just like as I'm jumping across the lily pads in Crash Bandicoot, like hearing that conversation and just kind of like a couple years later, I played it again. And I remember like having that memory. Okay, so when the the new Crash Bandicoot came out, not CTR, but when they put all of them together. Yeah, the Nitro. I was, not Nitro. When they, whenever they put out um, Insane Trilogy. Insane, that's what I was. I thinking. was playing that level, and I got to that point. Had not thought about that in probably 15 years. Yeah. And immediately was like, oh, my sister's in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. my sister got in trouble. <laughs> it was so weird. But yeah, things, games take me back to times that I was in. Yeah. Super Mario World does that for me, too. And I think it's one of the first things I wrote about when we were talking about the Super Nintendo when the Super NES Classic was coming out. But I think about my grandparents' basement and playing with my cousins. and Yeah. It always comes back. What about you? Do you mm. have those memories? Tomba? Playing I think Tomba? if it's I... It, certain games that are more, re, like, fresher in my memory that I've, like, I play, have played regularly throughout the years don't necessarily. But if I go back to some that I haven't played in, like, 20 years or something like that, like... Yeah. I popped in Ape Escape. Uh, 
a couple months ago. And that took me back to yeah. my parent, like my room in 2001. Yeah. And which is only about 10 feet from here. No, this was actually <laughs> the place house. we lived before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we actually, we lived in like this dinky trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like kind of in a crappy area yeah. um, at the time. So that was kind of crappy. But um, I remember, and I remember like the first time using the dual shock and stuff like that to play that game. So, but yeah, that brought, you know, it all, it all depends. I also think we played less games back then. So like they oh, yeah. had a more lasting impression. I don't know if 10 years from now I'll have those same memories about the things I'm playing right now. Right. Mm. I'm playing a lot more. Um, I'm enjoying them a lot. I love the stuff that I'm playing, but um, I just don't know. It's just sort of you finish one thing, go on to the next. It's not like, I don't know, it's not exactly the same as it once was. You had to get by with what you had yeah. at the time. For sure. Like a demo disc. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, the PlayStation Magazine demo discs. Mm. Mm, I awesome. bet right now I could still pick up that original Need for Speed game and ace that level. <laughs> the first level on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Oh Man, I get the highest score ever on that. I have different reasons. I played... We used to rent Tony Hawk's Pro Skater like every week. Yeah. Buddy of mine and I did. And I probably spent four times what that game would have actually cost just renting wow. it every week. We just played that demo disc. Yeah. I didn't even have a PlayStation, but my best friend did at the time. And yeah. We would uh, we just play that demo over and over and over again. If you fall, just hit start and restart. What song was that on that oh, man. level? Now you're asking me that. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Oh, well. I give you almost the whole soundtrack for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I played oh, the hell out yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. Pro Skater 2. Yeah. See, my Gorilla most radio memories are three. Finger. Yeah. Though I played one and two. Yeah. Two, think, in my opinion, is the best game. I think four is actually the best one. I think two is incredible. Four, I think, is the best game of the series. Mm. In case you can't see, my eyes are rolling right now. Four. Well. You could be Django Fett in four. Whoa. <laughs> it's pretty rad. I remember being Darth Maul in three. Yeah. <sighs> that was pretty cool. I don't know if I played three. I'll be honest. I remember that was one of the games I had on play. One of the first games I had on PlayStation two. Mm -hmm. Some free games are coming to the Epic game store next week. And normally we don't talk about these, but I thought these were particularly good. Good. So I want to make sure and get those actually. Yeah. I want to make sure the audience knew about this to go get them. Two games, Celeste and inside. Oh man. Those are good games. I know I saw that at one point, but those are both very good games. Yeah. For free, especially. Yeah. I think Celeste, I, I could say. I did not, so lucky me. One of the best. I mean, it's definitely one of the best games I've played in the past few years, for sure. Um, so, totally free. Check it. Inside, I'm a little more mixed on. Did you guys play Inside? I nope. played Inside, yeah. I didn't play it. I don't think I beat it, though. People See, love that game, though. It's all the. I feel like Inside is one of those games that's all about the ending. Really? And what happens. Because it's really, really weird. Yeah. But. I just don't know if I like these super vague games. Like Limbo was the same, same team, way. right? Same team. Limbo and yeah. Inside, yeah. Yeah. I haven't played either. But um, I might even have them on something. Were they free on Xbox at one point? Uh, they might know. have been. Oh, no. Oh. Limbo was free on PS4. Okay. I'm almost positive that it was a games with gold game, but I don't know that that yeah. would apply. Yeah. So I was laughing. I, uh, I got a text from my dad, which is weird. My dad doesn't text me very often. And he's like, so what's your theory from the last episode of Stranger Things? <laughs> like asking me about it. I just thought it was funny. That's great. That's a good text. That's a good text. Good dad text. <laughs> I'm still in season one. Stranger Epic Game Store, though, you know, we've talked about them, of course, a lot in this podcast. But these free games, man, they're just putting out lots of good free things. How long so, do you think they're going to do it? Forever. I doubt they'll do it forever. I think they said at least for this rest well, they, of this year. Yeah, they only promised to the end of 2019. No, it started even... with once a month. Right. And now it's every week. Multiple. Every week? week? They're giving out new games every <sighs> week. Gotta sign on more often. Some of them we've redeemed on our corporate account. Corporate account. Okay. So you could check them out there. Oh, I was, this is off subject a little bit. Yeah. But I went to put uh, the Black Ops 4 on the corporate account. Oh. And uh, it's like the Activision Blizzard thing. So we need to make a. Uh, I'm on it. Do you have one? Yeah, make one. Make one for Handsome Phantom so I can put it on a corporate blops. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Here's something interesting. The Persona series has reached 10 million units sold. Let me know when a single game gets there and I'll be impressed. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, of course, across (laughs) 
all of the titles, including the spinoffs. Dance so, All Night and whatnot. Right, okay. yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I thought this was cool. 10 million units. I think that um, the next Persona game is going to be... The next numbered Persona game, probably like Persona 6, yeah. um, will be even bigger. But I'm sure some of those games only sold like a couple hundred thousand, but wouldn't that only be an average of just like a million and a half a game if you count all the tie-ins and stuff? Mm, there, I mean... You got five mainline games. Right, but the only ones of... Technically six. I would, like, Persona 3, 4, and 5 are the main yeah. cream of the crop that people really started to care about it. Right. But you got so, four and four golden. Right. Then you got Dancing All Night and then the re-releases. Do they count mm-hmm. the six copies of the PlayStation Classic that sold? Mm. Are those six units added in? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Revelations Persona. Yes. I'm just the reason I ask is because that's shocking that it's only 10 million for the entire series. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Especially if you think about the fact that like what each one has like two or three versions. Right. Um, from three on at least I would say five doesn't yet. I wonder how mm, much of that. Coming. Yeah, it's not out. Yeah, it's not, not really. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be in those sales numbers. I wonder how much of that is specifically Persona Five. Probably a Probably lot. A well, lot. I think I think we know it sold over two like yeah. a year ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got me to buy it. Yeah. What a great game. I wish I had more time to play it. Speaking of Persona 5, I wanted to bring up, they put out some more details about Persona 5 Royal. It's going to have some new endings. Um, and here's some quotes about the game since we're getting some details here and there. Uh, this is a quote from um, the director. So simply put, there's a 30% increase in new features. However, we've adjusted the overall playtime, so it isn't too different from Persona 5. Rather than saying the game has been expanded, it might be more appropriate to say that it has been deepened. Persona 5 Royale also has a substantial extra school term that continues the tale beyond the original ending. The game is made so you can enjoy the original storyline and ending. Wada and Itoi say, not Itoi, Ito. Uh... We think that we have added we think that the newly added scenes help deepen the feeling of the game. Uh, how that ties into the new term is something we would love for you to experience yourself. But depending on how you play, we've prepared several new endings unique to Persona 5R. Wow. So it sounds like I think that uh, Persona 4 Golden also had an extra term. Yeah. The other thing I'm seeing put out a lot is that they're going to change. So there's more things to do instead of like. Phil, I know you probably played enough that it was like Morgana was like, time to go to bed. Yes. People hated that. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Which, I don't know, For I think a, uh, a lot of newcomers hated that. But like on Persona 4 Golden, it was also like, uh, yeah, you're not able to go out because it's raining, so you have to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I don't. it didn't Same surprise thing. me. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Yeah. But. I didn't like it. So that'll be cool. Morgana Another, in general was just kind of annoying. Yeah can be for sure this is another psa that i thought was pretty neat okay there's a dragon quest 11 demo in the eShop, and this demo will let you carry your progress over to the full game when it comes out very soon i think and the demo is 10 hours long wow so you can play the first 10 hours of dragon quest for free that's fantastic on your switch might get me in there yeah with the score the full score the full score. Oh, Force, right. Uh, Symphony. So that is something important to note is that it has the full symphony, which yeah. I was playing this demo. Just check it out. Huge difference with it. the music. Yeah. I, like, seriously, it's so much better. The other thing that's interesting is that the Switch version will have a feature from that was only on the 3DS version that you can play the game in classic 2D art style with pixel, like pixel art. Totally. That's fun. So what's interesting is the demo won't let you play use the pixel art, though. It really? specifically says that it's only a bit. The 2D mode is only available in the main retail version of the game because mm. that's the whole reason I downloaded the demo. Was Can you too. switch back and forth? I hope I. Yes, I believe okay. so. But that's I'm not good. positive of that. I always like when they do that kind of thing. So you guys think you're going to you're going to check this out then? No. no? I mean, that's entirely possible because I've not played a Dragon Quest game. Yeah. So I might, I might as well, I might as well, it's, it's free. There's no harm. Yeah. I think it's disappointing they're not bringing those updates to PS4 or PC. Yeah. Kind of Even bummer. if it was like, hey, uh, we we put time into the game 
and we paid for these this music. Right. So if you want the to upgrade to the special edition, it's going to be twenty bucks. Right. Sure. That's fine. But uh. Or even if they just totally reissued it and sold it as a new copy. But the fact right. that they're not bringing it at all isn't. Yeah. But then again, I mean, that, that might have been part of the consideration is if we do that and charge any amount of money, people are going to be mad because we didn't give it to them for free. Right. Yeah. yeah. I still have not played as Hero yet in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm, yeah. That reminded me, there's a news item that I didn't put in here, but I know well enough that we should talk about it. So did you guys see this leaked switch case? Yes. Phil, the Overwatch one? <laughs> there was a switch case that I believe was put on some some country's Amazon page. Yeah. There was an Overwatch switch case. Oh. And it was discovered and then promptly removed. Yeah. So and it was very much a real official looking case. Mm-hmm. So even this, had those nice zippers on it. Yeah, yes. it does have a nice zippers. Yeah. So the question is, of course, does this mean Overwatch on Switch? I can't imagine any reason that case would exist if it didn't. Yeah. And this case definitely exists. Oh yeah. Huh. The question, I guess the the other thing that a lot of people were going nuts for on Twitter is they're like, this does this mean Tracer is gonna be in Super Smash Brothers? Right. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like the thing about specifically Tracer in Smash Brothers is that she doesn't have very many interesting moves. And that's what they've always said. The reason why they select certain characters is that if they would be fun, if they make sense. Right. Right. That they have like all these different abilities that make sense for their character that could translate to the game. Tracer has SMGs and she moves backward in time. She like, you know, whatever. Why would that automatically have to mean it would potentially be in Super Smash Brothers? Though? Like, I don't understand people's reasoning. People there. just jump to conclusions. I know. Instantly for no apparent reason. And why Tracer? Uh, yeah. I mean, she's kind of the face of right. I get Overwatch. That, but... I think there would be more fun characters from Overwatch to choose specifically. Right. Just purely based on moveset. I think Tracer's awesome. Yeah. Um, but... I just don't know if she would translate well to to smash. So anyway, let's talk about Overwatch on on Switch. Uh-huh. Is this what Overwatch needs in order to revitalize the currently dying platform? I would say probably needs a sequel. Mm. I imagine there was talk of the single player sequel coming out. Right. Or just something to get people. I mean, you can only do the same thing over and over and over again. Well, maybe not Fortnite and other things prove otherwise, I guess, but. For me, I played it for about two years. And, well, Fortnite know, hasn't been around as long as Overwatch, so we'll see. True. That's true. Yeah, But I don't know. I, I, it needs something. I just feel like they thought people will stay engaged with more characters. And I don't care. Like, I don't want any more characters in Overwatch. No, every time not... they brought a new character, I still just played with Farrah. So, like... Phil, you were a one character. I was a one character. Yep. I tried to play with more characters, and I just always found myself gravitating back to the same two or three. Mm. But I was always trying new characters and just not liking them. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I was, too. I yeah. dabbled, but... I was so hot on Overwatch when it came out. Like, I was like, this is this oh, is my yeah. new favorite too. game. 100%, absolutely. And then, I don't know, I got burnt, like, well, burnt out. What would performance be like on the Switch? That's a good question. Um, you have to imagine that because of the lower resolution... Right. ...that it might be able to work. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get it to 60 FPS. I think it was our game of the is, year that year, wasn't it? I think we made it game of the year. We did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were you're right. So. We did. How would, how would the, I'm sure the voice chat would be, you know, excellent. I don't know if people <laughs> would just use voice chat at That's all. That's true. Right. You know, but I don't know. Blizzard has already toyed around with bringing stuff to Switch with uh, Diablo. Right. Right. Which so, worked. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. So, man, I feel like. I feel like, man, there's other cool options, though, for Blizzard games on Switch. Yeah. Like, imagine, I guess World of Warcraft really wouldn't work with all the different, like, you really need a mouse and keyboard to play yeah, I'd say World so. of Warcraft. Way too many functions. Yeah. I guess, though, I would have said the same thing about um, Diablo. So I was like, no, Diablo should only play it on keyboard and mouse. Hmm. And then it came out on console. It's very good. So Yeah, that's true. I don't know. But... 
if there's a will, there's a way. They'll figure out how to do it. It just you know may not be what people who are used to playing on mouse and keyboard would be used to. Right. Right. I have one last news item here. It's a very short one. Most Mario Kart stone. Tour has a new trailer. Mm-hmm. And it is coming out officially on September 25th. Do either one of you see the the little trailer? I saw that it existed. I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, I saw. I read an article. I didn't see a trailer. I've been very, lately, I've been very much into not watching trailers. Yeah. And just so. wait until it comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched the little trailer and it looked the... It could be like the best trailer in the world. And the problem is, is that it's just like the proof is in the pudding with right, this. Right, right. Is it going to be fun to play Mario Kart on a touchscreen? Right. I don't think anything's That's, fun to play on a touchscreen. That's my problem. Well, anything. No. I'm just really? not. I'm not a fan. So. Um, what you know, about, mobile game. Yeah, you don't like mobile games in general, do you? Mm-hmm. Not really. Mortal Kombat's the closest I got to playing anything on, on mobile. Hmm. Dustin, yeah. you mentioned a while back, and I'm going off on a little rabbit trail. You'll see why. <laughs> You mentioned a while back that you thought we might see CTR on iOS. Yeah. Did they port the old Crash games to iOS at some point in the past? I feel like I saw that recently. I don't think so. I bet you there is probably a Crash game on iOS of yeah. some kind. Entirely but possible. But I'm I'm just thinking that like that wouldn't probably be very fun to play, but who knows. But the idea of unless you had a controller... But the idea of Mario Kart for me, like, I feel like there's too much strategy in Mario Kart to really dumb it down. I shouldn't say dumb it down, but, right. you know, make it suitable for an iPhone or an Android phone to really make it enjoyable for me. Now, maybe I'll be wrong. I didn't think I'd like Mario Run either, and I didn't hate it. I certainly liked it more than I thought I would. But I'm not sure how a racing game that's, like, kind of all about strategy and stuff, how that translates very well. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot has never been on on an iOS game, okay. As far as I can tell, for some reason I thought I heard that. But I'm just never at a point where like or a place where I could play something mobily like that that I wouldn't have my Switch. Like I don't just sit at work and play games, or I don't just sit at home and if I'm at home, I'm not going to play on my. I just play it on the Switch. I play Mario Kart on the Switch. Yeah, that's the key about mobile games is that they need to demand the right amount of time or. Or if you have a commute you know, on a subway or if you're doing, you know, things like that, that's the time to maybe play something like that. Those yeah. things just don't exist in my life. I right. Guess. Yeah. The right time to play mobile games. That's why I just I don't get it when it's like, hey, do you want to play Hyperlight Drifter on your iPhone? <laughs> right. No, no, I don't. I would don't. never want to play that on right. there. Now, that might change since they're adding controller support. So you could theoretically use your iPhone like you would a switch. Yeah. And play bigger games or something, or your iPad or something like that. So that's changing. But Dustin, there have been Crash Bandicoot games on mobile phones, have, but I don't sense. think any of them on iOS. Okay, which I think is what you said. Right. I had Tomb Raider two on my phone for a while. Mm-hmm. It was not fun. on like your on like an old phone, yeah. like a Razor or something. No, it was on oh. uh, an old iPhone. I don't think oh. it's it doesn't it's not up been updated for the newer ones. But it was like an iPhone four or something like that. Do you guys remember the old? non-smartphone oh, yeah. games. Like I Snake? remember I had a Kingdom Hearts game Did on, you? Really? on phone. Wow. I think it was on my mom's phone. On your N-Gage? No, it, was not, it wasn't even an N-Gage. <laughs> really? This was like a flip phone. Wow. I had a Kingdom Hearts game that was terrible. <laughs> I would imagine so. I remember you could rent oh, oh, games. Oh. Crash Bandicoot Nitro Kart 3D, developed by PolarBit for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and the N-Gage service and zebo Ooh, engage there yeah. it is i wonder if that's been delisted and nitro cart 2 was also there it's not showing up on. oh you just looked in the ios store yeah, yeah. It, i'm sure that they definitely don't have them available anymore it's weird how things like that disappear yeah there was a version of bioshock yes i phone. remember that yeah. it was terrible and uh it's no longer available i used to have a bunch of stuff like marathon and yeah um the original castle wolfenstein oh yeah um, but they don't update them, and then you can't play them anymore. So that's all I have for the news. But I wanted to just cap out the show with a little spoiler-free conversation about Control. Yeah. So for people that don't want to check out spoiler cast because they are either playing the game or they are curious about the game, I've completed it, and Ben, you have played a, a good chunk of it. Yeah, probably five-ish hours. And Phil, you have not played any of it. Right. No, 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 no control for Phil. None at all. And you're not going to. No. So really, 
I thought you were into this. No, no, I haven't been. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't really play. I like remedy games. Woo! So I don't, I don't, That's what you were saying earlier. Is you yeah. don't like really like no, remedy games. Not a big fan. I mean, Max Payne had me until that baby was crawling around, and then <laughs> I don't know. There's some weird shit going on there with that baby, and then yeah. the last game they tried to show me videos that kept freezing and uh, it, uh. Quantum Break just fell apart in the middle, and I just I don't know. Just, this, this this hasn't really interested me, so. right? But I'm glad people are enjoying it that do like their games. See, the reason I thought you were into it is because when we were at no, maybe we weren't. There. Maybe it was Dustin and I. There, when did they first reveal footage from Control before we knew what it was? Was that at E3? Um, Floating around. That was at E3 2018. Okay, yeah. It yeah. might have been E3 2018. I thought it was you for some reason, and I thought you got really excited about it and knew who it was before they even said who it was. So hmm. anyway, whatever. Yeah. So then with your the time you've had, what do you think about it? The time I've had, I've enjoyed uh, for the most part. Um, you know, it's a very spooky tone to it, which I appreciate and also hate, Ooh. which is exactly the right amount of spookiness, in my opinion. I think we talked about that the other day. Uh, the gameplay is not is not particularly like the world is the only thing that sells it for me. Mm. I shouldn't say the only thing. The world play is what sells it for me. The moment to moment gameplay uh, is not one of my favorite types of gameplay unless you're using telekinetic like powers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, we've, if you've seen a trailer for it, you know, there are telekinetic powers in it. So uh, I've enjoyed that. I just recently found out actually by watching, unless he went back and did it later, I must've missed a weapon upgrade at some point mm. because it looked like there was a, a mission I had done or a part of the game I had played that he was using a more upgraded weapon than I was. Oh yeah. So I need to check myself on that. But anyway, that's I'm, I'm diverting. Um, so I like what I've played. The world seems super interesting. The the atmosphere around seems super interesting. The thing I don't like, I don't like to read collectibles and stuff when I'm in games. Um, and from what I understand, from what you're probably about to say, is that that's what a lot of the game boils down to, is that like the story is mostly or even partially summed up in reading and collectibles and stuff like that that it's not that's not usually my style mm -hmm. so what i've played so far uh if i had to judge it right now based on that i think it's great but i'm interested to see what you have to say i mean i know what you have to say because i watched your review and right. actually edited your review but anyway yeah um i think this is a pretty cool game yeah despite you know spoilers for my review i don't know if that's even a thing spoilers. i give it a 7.5 yeah but I still think this is a very good game. Mm -hmm. And for people that are interested and if they, you're intrigued by what you've seen or what you see in reviews, you should probably play it. Yeah. Um, maybe not instantly. Maybe wait for a sale or maybe you've got tons of cash and it doesn't matter to you. Go for it. But uh, there's a lot of awesome qualities. And I agree with you, Ben. I think that like the world is awesome. The creepy vibes. Mm -hmm. When... So there's a thing when you're playing this game, there's like people that are infected by what they call the hiss and they're floating in midair. And when they're floating in midair in certain rooms, you hear them talking. Yeah, some of it's messed up. Dude. It's like they're just muttering nonsense. Right. Like droning on sentences that is super creepy. Yeah. That's the creepiest thing to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which you can shoot them out of the sky and then they'll, they won't make noise anymore. It seems like you can only shoot some of them out of the sky. Yeah. I, I feel like I've shot them before and they haven't fallen. Yeah. Is that by intent or like? I don't know. I did, until just now, I didn't know that you were supposed to be able to shoot all of them. Yeah, I don't know if you shoot all of them. I okay. just know that I shot some of them, and then I was like, yeah. probably shouldn't do that since they're theoretically just infected people. They're just that might people. be able to get better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't do that. Let them just do their weird muttering. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. The main complaints I had were about the the documents. There's a million documents mm -hmm. in the game. Like you'll clear out an area and there'll be like three or four files. You pick them up and then you can sit and read them and they're full of cryptic stuff. And some of them don't even matter. Right. But some other are like, Oh, there's really some important details about literally what's happening right now. Yeah. What well, do you, was Alan Wake kind of like that? I don't remember. I feel like Alan Wake, I, there was a point in it where I thought, I don't know what's going on. And I asked my buddy who loaned me the game because I didn't want to buy it. It didn't look interesting. He goes, please just play it. So I'm like, dude, did 
what's going on here? And he's like, did you read this or this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't, I just don't, it doesn't make sense, I think, for a game that has such a strong emphasis on its gameplay, the shooting and yeah. exploring to be like, hey, stop and read this. Yeah. And yeah. stop and read four or five different things well, that's right the, now. That's the thing. It seems like every time I open my inventory, I'm like, I have 36 things to read. And I just opened my inventory 10 minutes ago. Those should right. always be audio files. There yeah. Should be something now, to to. here's the thing, Phil. Yeah. There are audio files. Oh, good. Both. But you can only listen to them when you're standing by the tape player that you find in in game or if you go into the menu. Might as well be something to read then. Yeah, (laughs) because it just completely derails whatever you were doing. So let me stop and listen to this. It may or may not be important. Okay. so, yeah, that's why. And this is the thing. Bioshock did this so well. I just want everyone to copy Bioshock. Bioshock is exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Like they did it perfectly. Well, here's the thing about Bioshock, too. Not Bioshock number two, but you know what I mean? Also as well. Also as well, yeah. Bioshock, you would get these audio logs you could listen to as you played. Right. But often, not every time, you would see evidence of the things that happened in these audio logs. So the lore of the game, the story was within the gameplay. Mm -hmm. You know, it was contextual, right? I I never know if I'm using the word contextual right. I think so. But you said you said it was good in my review, so I think I mostly understand it right. But yeah, so it it's a perfect marriage between playing a game, getting the lore. Right. What a game should be. So I feel like this really missed the mark on that aspect of it. But I have some problems with the ending that just, you know, they're in the review. Save it for the spoiler cast. We'll save it for the spoiler cast. But I don't know. Let's talk about Remini as a whole now. And I think this is where we can kind of bring Phil into the conversation is that there's a lot of rumors right now that Sony could be purchasing Remedy. Um, I feel like, and I said this in the review, that this is kind of a, a, an important moment for the studio because they've had a deal with Xbox for right. 12 years or something that they've released their last two to three games uh, exclusively on Microsoft. And this is the first time we're seeing a multi-platform game uh, from Remedy in a long time. And now there's these rumors mm. about you know, them getting purchased. So this is a very, I think, important moment for them. So I don't know. Do you, do you think that that could it be true? And if, if so, do you think that's a a good move for Sony at this point? It's a good move for remedy. Yeah. I don't know if Sony needs them. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know if Sony needs them. And I think if Sony had any kind of anticipation that they were going to be coming into the fold before, no, but I don't think they would do it before because I'm mm. sure they had those deals for publishing worked out beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't know. I feel like they'd be pushing control more, like to boost the, yeah, maybe the value. They are, of there's them. some things going on there, though. Really? I mean, it was at their booth. The Sony True. first party yeah. studios are all congratulating Control publicly on Twitter. Yeah, which is not something that normally right happens. So. But you have to have to imagine that the first party studios wouldn't have deep knowledge of whether or not they're going to be bought if there's an acquisition yeah, incoming. That's that's probably true. But they would probably keep that as tight as possible if it was happening. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know what Sony would be expecting. Like what? I mean, it'd have to be a new IP, I imagine. Like what would they buy them with the intent of producing? Here's my I was thinking about this. A lot of when you I've heard on a lot of different podcasts when you bring up Remedy getting bought is there's always this idea of, well, Sony doesn't need them. Right. Because they have Studio XYZ that makes games just like them. I don't think Sony cares. Right. I think Sony knows like, hey, people know that our first party our first party games are story driven, single player, high quality experiences. They want to move units. And they know that these types of games are what they're known for. It's their bread and butter. And so they're going to, if they think a studio is capable of delivering that, that's going to make them a shit ton of money. Right. I don't think it matters if they already have a Naughty Dog or Insomniac or something. Right. Is it really important that a, a, a company's first party has a studio that represents every genre? No. That's And that's a li- like, I don't know the answer to that. That's a legitimate question I was wondering. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. 
it doesn't for me as a consumer. Right. And it doesn't for me as, you know, somebody who purchases games. Nintendo hasn't needed that. You know, they don't represent every genre in their right. in their first party stuff. You could yeah, you could you could almost say that Nintendo's a niche publisher right. and developer. Yeah. Um but the thing with games for me is like or, or I think most people are this way. If you like first person shooters, but you don't like action adventure games, you're gonna buy every first person shooter out there. It doesn't matter if that person is a third person or, uh, or a third party, uh, if it's first party, whatever, um, you're probably going to buy those games because that's the kind of game you like. And if you're looking for a good game, if it's a good game, you'll buy it. So for the average consumer, I, I, I would almost bet you that the average consumer doesn't know who owns what st- studio. Yeah. The average consumer probably doesn't know who makes the game. Right. You know, they just pop it in. It. Yeah, Play. Right. Something else that I was thinking about, Actually, like, I used to think when I when I was a kid, um, you know, around PS One era, I used to think that if a game came out on PlayStation One, that it was that PlayStation made it. I didn't have a clue yeah. that there were studios and stuff. I saw the logos at the beginning of the game. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, yeah. Never soft and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, you know, PlayStation isn't really competing in the first person shooter market, right? You gotta wonder if that's strategic, like. They make a crap ton of money from Call of Duty right. and Destiny and whatever shooter. And they make 30% right off the top of every single unit that Call of Duty moves. So it's almost like, you know, we're cutting our teeth on everyone else's games already. Like, we don't need to make our own for that. Well, FPS is, I mean, that's probably the most popular genre in America, right? Still? I was wondering about that. I was thinking a lot about that lately, actually. You think it still is? I don't know. That's like, what I said probably. For me, it's not. It used to be my favorite genre. Yeah. Now it's probably the genre I play the least. Right. Um, just because I don't sink a lot of time into one game like I used to. For for the sake of argument, let's pretend like it's the most popular. Okay. okay. Call of Duty is still the usually That's the best true. Right. every year. Yeah. It's, as a whole, if it's the most popular, that means you have the most to lose, too. Right. And true. so if your game is not the best game... It's going to underperform. And historically, Sony's first-person shooters are not the best games. Right. They're good. So They're fine. To me, that says, like, you know, don't don't try to beat the best right. if it's going to cost you money. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so any final thoughts about Control, Ben? I guess, uh, so that's my recommendation, is if you're interested, you're probably going to like it if you understand the faults. I am very, I fall into the category. I mean, I think it was even my shout out or dream or something a couple of weeks ago is that I was I'm very interested in control and I like what I've played so far. But the problem is I know, you know, what I know at this point. I, I, I mean, nothing was spoiled for me necessarily, but it's just that like, I know that a lot of the stories buried behind these things that I don't want to spend my time doing. Right. And I know that even though I don't know the specifics that the, the payoff is not, what I would hope it would be. So for me, it's like, well, I want to keep playing this because it's fun, but do I, how much more time do I want to invest in it? So that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's a, it's, I have a, it's probably one of those things that as soon as I have, don't have another new game or a game to review or something to work on, um, that I'll pop back in and check out. Well, not pop back in, but right. Load up. And that's it. That's all I got for this week's show. Is it? Yep. Oh man. So murder, she wrote, as always, everybody, make sure to check I out. <laughs> I don't know why I said most of the things I said this episode. Handsomephantom.com, the hub where it all connects. Yes, sir. And there is, Phil, you have a review for... Telling Lies. Telling Lies, out. right. Yep. I couldn't remember the name of the game. Yep. Yep. That's coming out this week. Um, I was just joking earlier. You've got lots of lots of great content okay. on that site. It's all right. It's all um, right. I don't know. Is that coming out tomorrow? We're dropping that tomorrow. Either tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. We got it on release, I think. So we're a couple of days past. Yeah, but I hate I, yeah. a lot of times we don't we won't give scored reviews to games that come out on release yeah. or that we get on release day uh, because we feel seen, like we're tainted then. Yeah, yeah. but I did though because I didn't look at any other reviews. Right. So. This is one of those where I'm like, it's, I requested it. Yeah. And it wasn't just like automatically sent to us, so I kind of felt like we should follow through and yeah, yeah, you know, post a review. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah. yeah so soon. look forward. To that, yeah. oh, I, very special shout out. We're on nearing the end of 
the Evangelion podcast. Ooh, this oh, man. Come, uh, well, sort of. We're near the end of recording. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost done recording it. There's still lots of weeks left for the show, but almost done recording. We're doing uh, the movie. And then we're doing a couple more of the, the movies, and then we'll be all wrapped up. Nice. We'll have to figure out what's next after that. How many episodes is it total? Uh, that's a good question. Okay. I think it's going to be like 15, nice. maybe, or ish around there yeah. when it's all said and done. So cool. Good. Cool. Very good. If you haven't joined our Discord, yes. we really do like talking to people in there. So. It's getting more and more active every yeah. week. Come on in and tell me. About sitcom experiences. Yes. Lots of lube talk last week. Lots of lube talk. That's true. Yeah. Per our last week's episode. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's important. Yeah. Um, if you got to use it, use it. If you don't, still buy the 50-gallon thing using our Amazon affiliate link. That's I just right. don't know where you would hold that. Like, I, I, I don't have a big house. I don't know where to put that 50-gallon. Phil, I've been in your house, and I could find 10 places to put it. Well, where it's out of the public, like, my... You it's know, for public use, Phil. Phil, put a put a drape on it and make <laughs> it a table. Public use. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would work actually. You could, yeah. 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 Someone well. like leans against it and their leg is cut. You're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Great for like couch sex. Make it an ottoman. Like, oh, but the lube's upstairs. Not to worry. <laughs> Grab a handful. If any of this interests you, go to handsofam.com <laughs> slash Amazon and then search for the 50 gallon thing of lube on Amazon. Yeah. You can buy it. You don't pay any extra for the lube. Nope. But Amazon gives us some of the lube money. We get some of those right. lube bucks. Lube bucks yep. that we then use to run the site. Yep. Um, I don't know what we do with that money. Do we do stuff with that money? It's all contained right it's now. It's all contained. And then there's a, like there's a full accounting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. So that's it. So nice. until next time, we'll see everybody later. kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.